Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen, may his grace and his blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages, amen. I greet all of you this morning on this second Sunday of the blessed Coptic month of Paope. And our gospel reading this morning came from the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and it spoke to us about a miraculous catch of fish. Our Lord Jesus Christ stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen were outside of the boats, cleaning their nets. It was morning, and the fishermen had worked all night to catch fish, but they had caught nothing on that particular night. Our Lord then entered one of the boats belonging to Simon Peter, and he asked him to thrust out a little bit from the land because there was a great crowd at the shore that wanted to hear his teaching. And so our Lord wanted to go into the water and speak to the crowd from the boat so that he could address everyone at the shore. And when he was finished speaking and teaching the multitude, he said to Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Peter answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And we all know what happened next. They caught such a great number of fish that they had to call in other fishing boats to help them to gather all of the fish. And after this great miracle, Peter fell down at our Lord's feet and said, Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. And in response, our Lord said to him, Do not be afraid, from now on you will catch men. This is the magnificent story that we heard this morning, and it is essentially a story about Christ, St. Peter, and a boat. Would it surprise you to learn that in the Gospel there are actually three stories about Christ, St. Peter, and a boat? The first story is in today's Gospel from Luke 5. The second story, which is found in Matthew 14, relates how St. Peter left his boat while it was at sea, and he tried to walk on the water in order to meet Christ. And the third story is found in John chapter 21, which recounts how St. Peter and the other disciples went fishing sometime after our Lord's resurrection from the dead. And while they were out at sea, St. John the Beloved noticed Christ standing on the shore, and St. Peter jumped out of the boat and he swam to the shore in order to meet Christ. So we now know that there are three different stories in the Gospel about Christ, St. Peter, and a boat. But what we might not yet know is that these three, these three stories are also about you and me and every Christian believer. You see, dear brothers and sisters, each one of these stories represents an aspect of the Christian life. And this morning, I would like to consider the three of them with you one by one. Let us begin by considering the first story from Luke 5, which is today's Gospel reading. As we heard, our Lord Jesus Christ asked St. Peter to launch his boat into the deep so they could catch fish. And Peter responded to our Lord saying, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. 
Notice how Peter does not address our Lord as Lord or as God. At that time, he did not yet fully know who Christ was. So instead, Peter addressed him in a very formal and technical way as simply master. But once our Lord performed the miracle that led to the great catch of fish, we see a change in St. Peter. In response to the miracle, Peter fell down at Christ's feet. He worshipped the man whom he had just addressed as simply master. But not only that, Peter said to Christ, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. What happened here? What happened essentially is that Peter grew in his knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this knowledge transformed him from one who saw Christ simply as a teacher to one who recognized Christ as God in the flesh. Not only did Peter grow in his knowledge of Christ, but he also grew in his knowledge of himself, because after the miraculous catch, he openly confessed his sinfulness before Christ and said, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. We can say that this story represents the first aspect of the Christian life, the first aspect of our journey on the path of salvation. It is a story about every believer as we begin walking the path of salvation. Like Peter, we begin with little or no knowledge of Christ. And of course, there are many people who are at least remotely familiar with Christ, but they see him as being nothing more than a wise man or a great teacher. And like Peter, they might simply address Christ as master. But for us, for us believers, once we get to know Christ more through his work in our lives, we come to a realization that causes us to fall down at his feet and to worship him. As we grow in our knowledge of Christ, we confess him as Lord and God. And the more we grow in our knowledge of Christ, who is the perfect icon or the perfect image of God, the more we see that the image of God has become distorted in each and every one of us because of sin. The more we know Christ, the more we are able to gaze at the beauty of Christ, the beauty of his life, the beauty of his service, the beauty of his teachings, the beauty of his commandments. And when we gaze upon Christ's beauty, we cannot but help notice the ugliness of our own actions in comparison. And these are the actions, of course, that are oftentimes inconsistent with Christ. And then we join St. Peter in saying, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, while confessing our sins and sincerely trying to change our ways. Does anyone know the very first words that our Lord Jesus Christ uttered in the gospel? The very first words that our Lord said in the entire gospel are found in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, in which he proclaimed, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
This is what happened to St. Peter. He didn't have a complete knowledge of Christ at first, but when he saw the miracle and he realized that the kingdom of God had come through Christ, he repented. He confessed his sinfulness. And hopefully it is the same with us as we find ourselves repenting of our old ways and confessing our sinfulness as we continue to grow in our knowledge of Christ. This is the first story about Christ, St. Peter, and a boat. Let us now consider the second story, this one coming from Matthew 14. This time St. Peter found himself out in the sea in the midst of violent winds and a storm battering the boat. Our Lord Jesus Christ came to him and the other disciples walking on the water. The disciples cried out in fear because they thought they had seen a ghost. But our Lord reassured them, saying, Do not be afraid. Just as he told St. Peter in the first story in today's gospel, Do not be afraid. He also tells a disciple in this second story, Do not be afraid. St. Peter then asked if he could approach our Lord who was standing on the water. And we all know what happens next. Peter begins to walk on the water, but then overcome by the wind and his doubts, he began to sink. He then cried out, Lord, save me. And our Lord came and took him by the hand and placed him back in the boat. And this story represents the second aspect of our Christian life. It reminds us that we, like Peter, are going to be battered by the violent wind and the waves of this world. As Christians, we are going to face persecution and tribulation and temptations and troubles and afflictions that are going to constantly batter us like the violent wind and waves that battered Peter's boat. But most importantly, this story reminds and teaches us that in the midst of all of these things, we must endure. We must endure. We must do all that we can to reach Christ who is standing on the water. We must do all that we can and we must cry out along with St. Peter continually, Lord, save me. As St. Paul said to the Corinthians, today is the day of salvation. Every day we must cry out and say, Lord, save me. And this is why the fathers of the church have given us the beautiful treasure of the Jesus prayer, which I'm sure you all know. My Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Through this prayer, we exclaim, along with St. Peter, Lord, save me. And this prayer must be on our lips continually throughout the day, because as St. Paul tells us, today is the day of salvation. Today we're going to be battered by the violent winds of this world. And so today we have to cry out and say, Lord, save me. The third and last story about Christ St. Peter and a boat is found in John 21, and it tells us that Peter and the other disciples went fishing sometime after our Lord's resurrection. And as they were fishing, a man came, stood on the shore, and asked them, Children, have you caught any fish? They answered him, No, we haven't. 
just as they answered him in today's gospel, when St. Peter said to him, Lord, we toiled all, not, all night and caught nothing. In this story as well, they say to our Savior, no, we haven't caught any fish. And the man who's standing on the shore, who is our Lord Jesus Christ, commanded them to cast their nets on the right side of the boat. The disciples obeyed and caught a great number of fish, just as they did in today's gospel passage. St. John the Beloved then recognized Christ and proclaimed, It is the Lord. And when St. Peter heard this, he could not wait for the boat to get onto the shore. So he jumped out of the boat into the sea and he swam from the boat to the shore in order to meet Christ. And after he was on the shore with Christ, St. Peter grabbed the net and he counted how many fish were caught. They caught 151 fish. And this story teaches us about the third aspect of our Christian life. Like Peter and the disciples, our faith must continue in the risen Lord so that we can cast our nets and catch a great number of fish. You will remember how the Lord told the disciples that they would become fishers of men. And in this third story, we see this coming to life very beautifully in the number of fish that were caught. Have you ever wondered why St. John records the fact that they caught 151 fish? Why does St. John tell us the number? Every detail in the Holy Gospel is there for a reason. This is what St. John Chrysostomos teaches us. And the fact that St. John tells us there were 151 fish that were caught is significant because in those days, it was believed in, in many Roman and Greek writings, it was believed that there were 151 different races of men, 151 different ethnicities among the nations of the earth. And so when the disciples caught 151 fish after believing in the risen Lord, it is a symbol of how through their belief in Christ, they would preach the gospel to all the nations, to all of the 151 ethnicities, and they would preach the gospel to the whole world. And this is our work as Christians as well. Through our faith in the risen Lord, as well as our actions, our words, our manner of living, we preach the good news to the world. This is our work as Christians. And many of us, oftentimes, we have a misguided notion about preaching the gospel. We have a misguided notion about evangelism. We oftentimes believe that to be an evangelist, to be a missionary, we have to go to Africa or we have to go to Central America, or we have to go to any exotic place in the world. And of course, this is one type of evangelization, and this is good. This is one type of mission, but this is not the, the only definition of mission. Another type of mission awaits us each and every day through the way we live our lives, through the way we witness to Christ at school, in our jobs, when we go shopping, through the way we deal with our neighbors, through the way we conduct ourselves in this world, we can be missionaries 
to every person whom we meet throughout the day. And so there you have it, dear brothers and sisters, three different stories about Christ, St. Peter, and a boat. And in each of these stories, a lesson about a different stage of the Christian life. The first story, which is today's gospel, teaches us that we must come to the knowledge of Christ and worship Him while confessing our sinfulness. The second story teaches us that as we live in this world, we are going to be battered by tribulations, temptations, and troubles, and we must endure all these things while crying out, Lord, save us. And finally, the third story teaches us that the risen Lord has commanded each and every one of us to evangelize and to win others to Him by preaching to all nations. These three stories represent three essential aspects of the Christian life. And the Christian life, we can say, is a progression from the first story unto the last. And you know, there is something amazing about these three stories that I believe is intentional. The first story is from Luke 5, which means it's at the beginning of the Gospel. And the second story of our Lord walking on the water is in Matthew 14. It's right there in the middle of St. Matthew's Gospel. And the third story is from John 21. That's at the end of St. John's Gospel. And so we see that each one of these stories represents a stage in our spiritual lives. And there is a progression from the time we begin to have knowledge of Christ until the time we are living in this world and enduring all of the violent ways of this world until the time we are evangelizing to people and witnessing to Christ. And because of this progression, we see that the three stories occur in this way, the first one at the beginning of the gospel, the second one at the middle of the gospel, and the third one at the end of the gospel. And I wish to say in conclusion, I know I've been speaking for a long time, but I wish to say in conclusion that in order for us to advance in these three stages of the Christian life, we must struggle. We must struggle. We cannot move forward in any spiritual effort without struggling in obedience to Christ. I want you to remember the beautiful words that St. Peter offered to our Lord in today's Gospel. He said to our Lord, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. As we struggle in our lives to reach a level of Christian perfection, we must make these words our words because they apply to every situation that troubles us. For example, one might say, I say my prayers every day, but nothing happens. Instead of giving up on our prayer life, our response should be, Nevertheless, O Lord, at your word, I will continue to pray. Another might complain and say, I am working hard to be loving and to be kind to certain people, but they are still never kind and loving to me. Our response should be the same. Nevertheless, O Lord, at your word, I will continue to be kind to them. Yet another might say, I try to live an honest life, 
But people around me at work or at school, they take advantage of me and they ridicule me because I'm not like them. They ridicule me for being different, for trying to live as a Christian in this world. Our response, unsurprisingly, should be, Nevertheless, O Lord, at your word, I will continue to live an honest life. I will continue to be different. I will continue to be a stranger in this world for your sake. This is the way in which we should live our lives. We should identify what's right, what God wants from us, and then we should be persistent and struggle for that thing no matter how hard it is and even if we don't see any results right away. Believe me, if you do what God wants, if you do what is right, there will be results, but the results are going to come at God's time, in God's time, not in our time. And so we must have faith and hope that God is working in our lives.